FMX Network Production. You cast me, complete me till What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity. All right, man? Welcome to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. This is Dark Side from the Moto X Pod Show. This is the number one wrap-up show in the moto industry, where each week, myself and a couple guests wrap up and discuss the good, the bad, and the janky in that week's Pulp MX Show. But before we get started, I want to thank all the sponsors who've come on board. Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, Seal Savers, and Motorsport.com. I appreciate all the help and support from those great companies, so please use them and support them. Also, feel free to reach out with questions, comments, or critiques by emailing me, darkside at pulpmex.com. All right, let's wrap this thing up. Lewis? Wait, hold on, Lewis. Hold on. I screwed up. Hold on. There we go. Lewis! I don't ever shit on trolls. It's such, such crap. Bag of frozen water, like, with yeah. ice. You're going to see literally the worst thing that you do. We didn't go around jerking each other off. The 84 flag out the front of my house is flying at half mast today. <laughs> okay. Correct. We don't have Chipotle. We don't have that. So it's just a disaster. Really. We can leave. <laughs> All I mean, aboard. Um, I was yelling at Bodner. I was like, Doc, give me the fentanyl and the Dilaudid. I want it all. <laughs> Big food so, guy. On the day, and I said you had a broken leg. So I'd like to apologize to all the people at Lakewood who thinks you broke your leg. My bad. Wow. How'd you mess that up? Put Ferrado on a KTM 250F, oh and you got a champion. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. That uh, might have been the most wrong thing on pulp in the last 10 years. Top five moment, traumatic moment in my life was seeing Troll Train just get run over by McAdoo in Orlando and his lifeless little troll body flip around. Yeah, you know, man. The, the four fingers on the front brake, that was a doozy. Well, yeah, there's... <laughs> Let's not make it about me. Shorty is just a hero, dude. Just a, an American hero. I love Shorty. You're not putting wax anywhere near my balls. I'm about to manscape this package. I'm not taking the high road. I'm not being professional. I'm not doing any of that. Fuck you. That's I need more do. money for next year, by the way. All right, here we go. It's time for another Pulpamex wrap-up show. I'm Darkseid from the Moto X Pod Show. Got a couple guests on the line, so let's get started. First up, brought to you by Michelin Bicycle Tires. From the Moto Limited Show, Nick Steele. What up, Nick? What is going on, Dark Sun? You know, I got the got the first introduction again, which therefore I am better than the other person. I think. <laughs> no, we always save the best for last. That's a, that's a, a legit saying. So, speaking of the best for last, next from the Moto Spot Show and WPS, brought to you by Guts Racing Triple J. What up, Justin? Hey, what's up, Dark Side? Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So before we get rolling, let's start with Triple J. What? Well, yeah, I never considered this until I got brought up on the Monday show. Where's yeah. the third J? So we're going into this segment right out of the gate, huh? Yeah, right because, I mean, I introduced you. I had somebody on Twitter actually hit me up a little while ago. I was like, you got it. That's the first thing you got to do. So that's what we're doing. Perfect. Yeah, uh, it actually stands for Joseph. So there's nothing, nothing cool about it. No, no jumping Justin or uh, Jelly Bean Justin or anything like that. It's just, uh, it's just Joseph. Okay, that's kind of weak, isn't it, Nick? I mean, that was very anticlimactic. Uh, yeah, personally, I would have come up with a really cool story. That was, uh, that was pretty weak, Justin. Not, not real, not real pumped with that dude. 
<laughs> I can't lie, dude. You ask my wife, she says I'm the worst liar ever. So I just, I couldn't, you know. <laughs> okay, fine. I was fucking, I cased the triple jump and it was really bad. And I, they called me triple because I can't clear triples. You can't clear triples. I, I like it. Oh, yeah. So I would have went with I clear triples. Uh, but anyway, all right. Hey, we're here to talk about show 468. Uh, with Jason Thomas, Max Steffens, and Kirk Alves Jr. all in studio, all guys from WPS, Fly, uh, Firepower, you know, all one great company. Um, I meant to text you guys this, so now I, uh, I'm i going to put you on the spot, Nick. Give me like a quick, quick little synopsis of this show uh, overall. A show we have JT in studio with, with Steve is always going to be really, really good. I sort of, I sort of like JT and Max together. Kirk was a little bit quiet, so I think here towards the end you start hearing him a little, little bit more. But I think a show when you have got them three in there and it's like, you know, a show when there's no racing on the weekend, you know, it's going to be a fair bit of banter and it's going to be just a, a bit more bench racing. I think with those three in there, you're going to get some good laughs, and it did not disappoint Dark Side. Okay, that's interesting. I, I, that's why I asked. Uh, Triple J, same question to you real quick. I have a reason I'm asking this. Uh, I would say when you have three guys on that have that camaraderie, that know each other, like, you know, like Paul and Randy or Jake and an RV, like when you have guys that know each other really well and, and are, I don't know how close they are, but they're pretty close. Like Max JT and Kirk are in the office every day together, so they're pretty close. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that I think helps the storyline and helps build the – the podcast and the story of the whole whole four hour and a half five hour show whatever it was okay so yeah i agree uh the the relationship between the guys and the you know the way they always interact i always love when max and jt are in uh but for some reason this show just felt slow to me a little bit like it wasn't i wasn't really ever super excited and then i actually saw uh, i saw a quote or a, a tweet that uh, this guy Gannon Sawford posted. It says show four sixty eight was a little dull, but I have a new favorite segment. And he he talking with Pony with the best intros, but he thought it was dull. I saw a couple comments like that on YouTube while I was watching. That it just seems slow. Uh, so I was yeah. curious what you guys thought. But uh, I mean, you guys enjoy the show. I enjoy the show. It just it never it didn't have any fireworks, Nick. Yeah. I can. I know exactly what you're saying. It wasn't something like when we got last week. We had so many talking points come out of last week. Yeah. This week was a little bit more quiet. But I actually don't mind shows where it's a little bit. You can. It's, it's more of an easy listening. You're not if you if you're listening to the podcast later on. You're not really missing much out of it. You can just. It's just like an easy listen. But at the same time, we still got a, a bunch of awesome content out of it. And future headlines was back. And I'm always a big fan of future headlines. Absolutely. We also, of course, had a bunch of great calling guests, including Lewis Phillips, Alex Martin, Michael Byrne, and then we got, dude, we got future headlines. I freaking love future headlines. We had some callers that, uh, man, I, I felt like went a little long, a little like they weren't getting to the point, but we're going to get to all that stuff. Something else I noticed, and I don't know if you guys picked up on, when Steve was doing the reads early in the show, it felt like they went on forever. Ever like the early, you know, the intro reads right after he's introducing everybody. It, it I don't know, man. Uh, Nick, just did you think like the sh- we kind of touched on this, but the show just felt a little like they didn't have all the we didn't have a racist last weekend, so that maybe they were just kind of fishing. You kind of touched on this off air, like maybe they were just finding things to talk about, but it just seemed off. Yeah, I think it 
it sort of felt like they weren't rushing to their first guest, so they were trying mm, to burn time up in that first period. I think that's what it might have been, but it's still, like I said, it's still pretty easy listening for me. I can just sit there and listen to it without thinking too much of it. So, Yeah, I, I think part of the problem, Justin, for me, and I've talked about this before, is just trying to squeeze the whole show in live Monday night. And then I'm like, oh, man, you know, I'm looking for some fireworks to keep me awake. But and I also, if you notice, I think the first commercial break, Justin, was a double. Yeah, it seemed like I was when you said the notes, I honestly thought to myself, and I wasn't sure if I should write it down or not. But it seemed like I was reading off his sponsors, too. Like, I was thinking to myself, like, holy crap, how many sponsors does this guy have? That's what I mean. The early reads. That's what I'm calling the sponsor. reads. We're really. Yeah. Yeah. so I don't know if that's just he's at, you know more people are getting intrigued by the show and he's adding more, but it did seem like that the commercials were longer this episode and it did seem like the reads were longer, like he was like kind of drawing them out. Yeah. All right. Well, let's actually get into the show. Uh, I'm sure Steve's probably pulling his hair out if he's listening to this at the moment. Uh, but uh, it started off again with, "Are we worried about Eli?" It's been something we've talked about over and over and over. Uh, you know, Max said uh, you, you have to, you have to be a little bit right. It was home race. He didn't look very well. Uh, Mathis said, you know, if he gets a start this week, uh, Nick, you like this? Maybe, maybe he was just playing possum. Uh, but and then JT said, you know, it, it, it was really bad. It reminded him of Fro in '98, which I thought that was a little drastic, Justin. I still think it's a little early to be. The the panic button definitely needs to be ready. But man, it's only two races. Let's like, it could. You know, we heard uh, last week, you know, Cheyenne said, hey, high point, man. It's turning around, right? This is where it starts. Yeah, I think it's one of those things to where, you know, JT and I, I think another another podcast said it to where he's having a second kid. He might be riding a little more careful. You know, he's thinking about, you know, maybe he's not willing to take that extra leap um, 15 minutes in and, and hold yeah. it wide open. But overall, I think the dude still has – 10 races left so 20 motos there's still a lot of racing to 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 go on i wouldn't hit the panic button yet no i don't think so either and i actually had a listener reach out that kind of wanted to give some thoughts and some notes on the show some things that stood out to him uh mike balzic ball hey i hope i'm saying it right ball balzic mike balzic said uh (laughs) the talk about what is going on with tomac just reminded me of what i love about motocross so much it really is the best sport because it's just that 1%. Just like if you're doing everything right with your training, if you're not breathing right, you're off 1%. If you're doing everything right nutritionally and you're off with your sleep, you're off 1%. I've always thought that it was Tomac and the kid. People just don't know, i.e. Steve, how much a young child can change your life. So, yeah, Mike had some thoughts on what they were talking about the show. But I wonder, Nick, you know, every week, man, like during Supercross, it was – it does. Does uh, Webb have you know? To, is Webb in Tom? Uh, Webb in Roxon's head, and now it's every week. Is it time for the panic panic button with Eli? What's wrong with Eli? It's just like every week. Do you get? Do you feel like it's okay to keep touching on these things? I mean, I know we kind of have to, or they kind of have to, but do you ever get like, okay, man, we've heard this before? Absolutely, I'm sort of at that now with not just that, like the whole media in general, like after every round, it's like panic button for Tomac, panic button for Tomac. It's like, like Alex Martin said, we're two races into this. We've still got 20 something to, we've still got 20 races to go. 
let's just all chill with it at the moment. No one knows what's going on. You know, we get this, this stuff in the media about, oh, they're pulling parts off his bike, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> everyone, dude, everyone needs to just chill. Yeah, yeah. It's funny that you brought that up because there was a lot of social media hype uh, that Hopper was, that Steve actually invited Hopper on Monday show. Uh, Hopper didn't make it. You know, he's the one that actually kind of made the videos, obviously, about the stuff you were just talking about. And, uh, you know, I think Hopper had something, JT mentioned it, with his family, with his wife. It might have been the anniversary. I'm going to give him a pass. Maybe we'll get some Hopper on in the near future. But, um, Justin, do you feel like Steve should even give him the time of day? I mean, I don't see why not. I mean, it's it's up to Steve. Steve, I think the only reason Steve's doing it is because there's so much hype around it, right? And there's that him and Cooksey used to kind of know each other. And Hopper's, I think, from around the same area they're from, like, Either way, it's one of those things where it's it's a lot of like he said, he she said type of stuff with with that media outlet over there. So I think Steve's just like, all right, fine, I'll I'll give you a uh, I'll give you a broadcast and let's see what see what happens. Yeah, I th- I was kind of interested in it because I think it, at the very least it's going to be entertaining. It's going to give us something different. It's not talking about Eli and and you know was Kenny playing possum. It's something new. It'd be I think it'd be great. So maybe maybe it'll happen. But listen, yeah. guys, first guest of the night was Lewis Phillips from MX Vice. And, uh, you know, we had some G- GP talk after Russia. Uh, Lewis was pretty bummed. He missed the race, obviously. Uh, he said his mental state is rocky. I like Lewis. I like him a lot. Justin, you said you didn't really know him or know much about him? Yeah, I, I don't know too much about Lewis, which is weird because I try to usually know a lot about the sport. But Yeah. I didn't, I don't Not after you said MX or after they said MX vice, I kind of knew of MX vice, but I don't really follow it closely, but okay. the MXGP series, I know pretty well. I, I'm starting to follow that more closely, Yeah, but he just seemed like a rad dude. Like he just seemed like a, a dude to hang out with. And a lot of the Europeans that I have met have all been really good people. So I can imagine, uh, Lewis would be like a fun, fun guy to hang out with. It seemed like a good interview. Dude, yeah, it's not the first time he's been on and I like it when he's on Nick. He's, he seems like a good dude. Uh, he's passionate. He's a fun guy. Doesn't know much about music, but that's okay. Uh, what do you think about Lewis? Absolutely. I've actually had the chance to meet him before. And like Triple was just saying, oh, he's, nice. he actually is a, a great guy. And he's, um, I, I liked it because, you know, we don't really get to hear much of the GP stuff. Or if it is, it's like an opinionated version of it. Lewis being over there, being at the track, knowing these guys, talking to these guys, was able to add so much more into the conversation, like explaining how the why the, the jump faces got the way they did, because he's obviously spoken to these riders and got the full story. So that's that's a completely different thing than we can all sit there and speculate what happened. But having Lewis here and having him in the conversation, we got to find out little bits and more pieces about it, which is just adds to it. And like Triple said, I'm um I'm starting to be a, a real big fan of the GP, so it's uh it's cool. Well, speaking of the GPs. Geyser was the class of the field in Russia, uh, but Mathis is kind of he kind of poo pooed, poo pooed it a bit. So let's listen. Stop this! Uh, he came from last, and wh- like he did twenty fucking six guys on the line. Well, he okay, but, but one of those Jet guys, Lawrence just came from twenty six to Paula. That's not, but no the, one's one yelling about Jet coming from last. So you're you're poo pooing. One of those guys is hurlings. Everyone assumes it's forty guys, but you think that you think that he, he was fortieth that. 
he it wouldn't have, have caught up because Maybe. he blew those guys off the track. You don't know. So you think the guys in 35th would have held him up? You well, that's the, 15 more guys, JT. He would have passed them all the first. He, like he was 15 guys on listen, the track. Okay, listen, okay so when you're going 12th, when you're going 10 seconds just, a lap faster just, than those guys, they don't really listen, hold you. We didn't go around jerking each other off when Jet thank Lawrence God. came. I don't know from, where you're going with this, from, but thank yeah, God. He was really good, Lewis. Like actually, surprisingly, very, very much better than those other guys. Yeah, like I would categorically say, like no doubt about it, that was the best he's ever ridden uh, any event in his life. Like no doubt, like no one could even argue with that with me. I don't think. So Nick, do you do you agree with Steve that like because there weren't as many guys, it's not as impressive? Because to me, dude, you know, you're going past you know Prado and Cairoli and Hurlings from that far back. It's still I don't care if there's forty guys or twenty five or whatever. It, it was it was not a ride to be poo pooed. No, exactly. I'm I'm 100 with you. You know, this is the world stage of, of motocross. It really is. And 26 doesn't matter if it's 26 or 30 people. You've still got to come through the top runners to go to the front and then make a run. So, uh, no, I'm with JT on this one. That's uh, it's a very very impressive ride. Justin, are you poo pooing Steve's uh, thoughts as well? Because I'm poo pooing his thoughts. I don't know why I like uh, just like poo poo. <laughs> I don't know what to be more poo pooed about is the MXGP or just Steve and, and JT. Like those two need a vlog, dude. Like they need they need to just go at it. It's like like I've said before, like a married couple, man. They just yeah. It's like like my parents, man. They just whatever the topic is, they're going to disagree almost. Yeah, but to answer your question, like Geyser got a few things lucky. You know, a couple guys went down. Prada, I believe, went down. Uh, Crowley had his issues. So it's like, yes, he wrote amazing, but I think it's one of those things where he got a few things handed to him. Yeah. Um, but that track too, honestly, that was a weird track. It was very, looked very narrow. Um, looked like a lot of guys were riding timid because it was the first round. Um, so Lewis kind of hinted at that, the way that it was prepped. So I don't think we saw guys ride at their full potential. I think a lot of guys were kind of tiptoeing for the first round. Yeah, I guess we'll have to wait till they get to high point to really see where they're at. That's a joke. I know they're not going to high point. Uh, yeah, I know you're good. <laughs> but, yeah. High point's going to be interesting this weekend, dude. Honestly, yeah, I'm man. Sorry, Steve. I don't mean to get off topic. Go ahead. I don't want to get off topic. No, but. I'm excited for it. I can't wait. Uh, unfortunately, I have to work Saturday, but we'll figure that out. But, hey, back to Lewis. If you guys know anything about Lewis, you know he uh, he loves him some Jeffrey Hurlings. And I feel like Steve was trying to rile him up with this. How are the Hurlings fan club members of which Lewis, your chairman, how do you guys feel? Well, the uh, the 84 flag out the front of my house is flying at half mast today. <laughs> okay, all right, um, good to know. The biggest sign that maybe a slow start, I mean, he got second overall, so slow start is relative. But I guess the biggest sign that this was coming is that he did three preseason races and didn't sweep any of them. Right, like, right. Yeah, I like, mean, the, the and he got beat. Ben Watson. Handed it to him. Yeah, well, not not even Ben Watson. The next week in France, he got beaten in a moto by Maxime Despray, which is yeah. I still don't really understand. Do we have a panic button for hurlings, JT? Or are no. we good? No, no, no. no, no. So two, okay, two, two things. Just, I'm asking the, yeah, the fan yeah. club. Two things on on this with hurlings. I I believe that he knows that Geyser's on really good form right now, right? Uh, and I think hurlings also understands that he needs to stop taking himself out of championships. So when Geyser's on his merry way, 
let him go. But on a track like that, right. where yeah. that's not hurling specialty, he knows guy, that's Geister's best track. So taking second overall is actually not so bad. The key for Hurlings is when he goes to tracks where he has an edge. They go, the tracks that Hurlings knows he's the better rider, Wommel, whatever, he's got to go 1-1 one, on one those days. And then he's just got to manage whatever Geyser gives him. If Geyser flips down the track like Gumby and gets back up, great, win that day. Justin, JT, the voice of reason, Steve reaching for the panic button, or asking about the panic button after the first round. The panic button. I think that just needs to be like a T-shirt or something, dude. No like, doubt, right? Yeah. Everybody be- just is like panic, panic, panic. It's like God dang, like, and it's like, we haven't got to it yet. I don't know if we're going to get to it, but it's back to what you guys talking about earlier about you know Roxon and stuff. It's like he got second in the point. So you yeah, know I mean, like, I hate how we use panic after like a couple rounds, or we or we always speculate so early. It's it's tough. But hey, Nick, at least Lewis, who is a super fan was pretty level-headed about it as well because, you know, he talked about, you know, hey, he didn't – It was ner- he's nervous because he didn't sweep any of these preseason races like expected, but he's not – he's definitely not freaking out yet either. I don't know, man. Yeah. I just really enjoy this GP talk because, like you guys, I don't follow it quite as heavily as I do the Nationals, but it's really interesting to get all these guys' thoughts on it, Nick. Absolutely. I hope they continue to do it. And like Lewis yeah. said, he is factual – in, in what he says, like, he, he had reasoning for Hurlings not to be as good, but then at the same time, you know, flying the flag a half mark through a bit of a, a good joke in there, which sure. was, uh, I, I got a pretty good giggle out of that. So I hope that, you know, Steve and, and Pulp sort of follow the GP a little bit more this year because uh, I think it's got a lot more attention just because it's so late in the year than it usually would be. People are sort of looking for it. And after last year, I think it's going to have a lot more momentum this year. So I hope Popa follow it a little bit closely. Yeah, I definitely hope there's like a segment, almost, you know, like we've got the weekly check-in from Phil, which we didn't get this week, unfortunately. But I would love to have a little GP recap, you know, every week that maybe he can pick, maybe put a sponsor on it or something. I don't know. And speaking of the T-shirt just a minute ago, Justin, that you thought like maybe we need like a Renthal t-shirt with some handlebars and instead of a start button on the handlebars you have the panic button on the handlebar something for a t-shirt something yeah that's like the most used word in <laughs> in the industry yeah you think god it's ridiculous <laughs> no, i get it you know what i mean it's like we we want to get we want to build up the hype we want to yeah it's your job to, to talk about these guys but I just think sometimes we just get a little uh, above ourselves, well, a little ahead of ourselves. I definitely really enjoyed the GP talk. It was something different. As like yeah, I, I said, agree. I love that. Like I, I said, I'm a little over the e- the Eli worry and all that. So it was cool to get something new. Uh, before we proceed, since 1999, Seal Savers has offered the ultimate protection to the off road industry. Seal Savers is the original fork seal protection, starting with the original Seal Savers to prevent dirt, dust, and mud from getting into your fork seals. Seal Savers has since revolutionized fork seal protection with the Zip-On Seal Savers making installation a breeze. Check out their full line of moto products as well as intuitive products for your side-by-side. Seal Savers is the original and the ultimate when it comes to protection. Enter the code PULP25 for a 25% off discount at sealsavers.com. Nick, I got a question. So they're talking about Europe. They're telling some stories. Steve mentioned not having any ice in Europe. You got to take some ice. Dude, does, does Australia have ice? What's the deal with this? We <laughs> we have plenty of ice. Okay. But funnily enough, I find it I find it weird every time I go to America and every like hotel I stay or stay at, like there's an ice machine on every level. That's uh that's not what it's like here. So 
Yeah, it's I I don't know. Just have you done any international travel and like that's a no. weird like why wouldn't you have ice? Yeah, I don't know. That is Dude, kind of I, I love it. You love having ice you, or not having ice? I love being able to like when we're in America, go to the hotel, you know, get a cooler and, and fill it up with ice and yeah. just have like a, a, a cooler full of beers in the hotel room for the weekend. I loved it. It's so weird. Yeah, that just seems odd to me. Yeah, yeah. It's just always every time Steve brings that up, like I so I'll forget about it tomorrow probably, and I'll never think about it again until Steve brings it up and I'm like, that's so fucking weird. Like just yeah. have ice. Um, so, like a lot of those brands cross over, you know, like yeah. A Stars is in Europe, they're here, like you yeah. go to an A Star like hospitality, they have ice in their cooler in America. So it's like right. I can't imagine it being like different over there, but I don't know. Super crazy. I guess I need to make some GPs and check this shit out. But uh, hey, sticking with sticking with GP talk, Steve early in the show gave a, a race tech rant. Don't forget Pulp Twenty One to save at Race Tech. Uh, here we go. My real race tech rant: Run the fucking numbers. Stop running your twenty eighth and your two forty three. Run the number one. You guys earned it. Run it. Make them run it. Make them run it like like AMA did. That's what you should do. It's a joke. You're twenty years old. You've done jack shit in your career. And you finally win a world title. What? Run the number one. What do you mean he's done jack like, shit? Okay, like Geyser, 243 when he won his first title eight years ago. And then yeah. 243, like for a long time now, I kind of get it. You're building a brand. Yeah, Tom Vial's building a brand. Uh, what are you, he's going to be a two-time? <laughs> yeah, let, let me my, fucking, my, let me get in the line for his t-shirt. Vial isn't, isn't ta- Tim Geyser. Vial has no, he's not yet. Oh, yeah. He has, he has he's no MX1 championships. He has, he's not going to be an all time well, he, great or anything like that. He's not old enough okay? to be Tim Geyser. Exactly. So run number one. But you understand that so all of these MXGP guys that are winning, they were MX2 guys, right? You know that they well, came from there? Uh, really? Oh, I didn't know that. I thought well, they just I appeared. Don't, I don't know what your point is then. Well, certainly, JT, you understand the ebbs and flows of a racing, right? Or do you think every Horizon winner comes out of Loretta's is just like Barsha and just like Stu? There's ebbs and flows in talent in racing. You're How's aware Prado of that? working out? You're aware of that or no? No. Oh, you're How's not. Prado working out? Okay, did I mention Prado? No, Prado's great. You guys, you guys, Max, would you have been stoked if Osborne uh, ran 16 this summer? I don't think your rant is. Yeah, I'd be fine with it because he's building a brand around 16. So one, no big deal. I like running the one. Oh, but oh, at the same time, why do you time, like that? Because we earned it. Because you earned it. Because it looks badass time, for fly same racing. Same time, I'm not going to lose my mind over it. I'm not it. saying you're going to lose your mind, but you would prefer. You kind of are. Your nostrils you prefer, are flaring. <laughs> you're kind you of would are. Prefer, it's a rant. You prefer Osborne to run number one. Don't yeah, I would probably that. prefer it. Thank you. Thank you. All right. This rant, guys, was not not quite as wild as Disability Island or Carrot Fuckers. But, <laughs> first of all, Justin, are you ever surprised that, like, do you ever wonder, like, I, JT and Steve haven't come to blows it's pretty funny how like when Steve is on a, a hot topic, like he will do everything in his power to prove his point. Yeah. Like it's pretty, like he should be like, I'm surprised he's not working in sales. I mean, I guess he kind of does. He sells a pulp show every day, but like that guy does not like to lose. That's for sure. <laughs> he, That's it. He likes to win and prove his point and figure out any angle to get, like he pressured Max until he finally convinced Max. Like, Hey, I'm right. You agree with me. Let's move on. <laughs> He gets aggressive with JT though, but all right. Let, with the rant itself, I love it. I do too. It's it's definitely my favorite dynamic of the show is listening to him and JT go at each other. But the, the actual topic, running a number one, yeah, I totally agree. I think if you win the championship, you should run the number one. Um, okay, I'm gonna get your thoughts on that first. Go ahead, Justin. Triple J. Yeah, no, it's it, it's good. Uh, I get why they don't do. I mean, I don't absolutely get it, but I can kind of see. It's one of those things to where 
they always run their numbers. They always have, they do a lot of weird stuff over there. Like they'll run white front back, white front numbers, front, you know, background plate, uh-huh. but then black, black side panels. Right. Right. Or like us, we're white all the way around. So they just do things different over there. And I get it. it you know, it's, it's cool, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think you can run it for maybe one round. And then if you're building a brand, you just run it, you run your number for the rest of the plate or you put the, you, you ghost the one inside the 28, but at least okay. he's running red. They are running red at least. True. Nick, on the topic of building a brand, like I get it. And I understand like guys are with 243. I know the history of the number, but if you win the championship, just run the one the next year. And then when, I guess if you lose it, then you go back to 243. I don't know. Wendy, what do you think? Yeah, I can sort of see both sides really well. I'm sort of with you where if you win the championship, run the number one, you know, keep the prestige of having a number one plate out there all year. At the same time, I can sort of see, like, I like Justin's idea, like have the 243 sort of on the bike so he can keep that brand going. But it's like, I can sort of see both sides that, you know, you're trying to build a brand, you don't want to lose that. But also having a number one on the bike, like Steve said, it's friggin' badass. Well, yeah, and I think as an OEM or a sponsor like Fly, you you or you know whatever Rental Pro Taper, you, that your guy wins a championship, it's a big deal to have that number one. I mean, you're you're the fucking champion. Do you think there's any I'm, guys that have superstition of running the number one? Oh, I'm sure like, that's absolutely like, like the yeah. weight, like the weight of it. Yeah, but that's stupid. But yes, I, I, I'm just asking. These guys are kind of stupid sometimes, right? Do you guys know the history? The death, of, do you know the history of the two forty three? Where that comes from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, those of you that don't know, Tim Geyser had a young, uh, older brother. I get, or you know, a brother that got yeah, older that died. Um, his his, I believe, his Tim's dad hit him on a track on accident, and uh, his birthday was March. Right, I think that's uh, it's yeah. from it's his birthday. Yeah, Correct? it's his birthday, but it's backwards. They do it backwards. Yes, March. Uh, 24th yeah 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 so that's that's where the 243 comes from so it's a big deal to tim so i get that but i definitely i'm with steve man run the number one i i mean i'm not like angry about it like he seemed to be but i i say yeah run it man uh yeah, i mean uh, go ahead oh i was gonna say I, I think steve sometimes just i i do love the race tech rant but i do wonder this because you've been in studio and do does steve do these rants right does he get all like worked up built up and then when the, when you guys go to commercial break or whatever like does he say i kind of get what you're saying but i was just kind of building up the hype of the show like he kind of makes more of a character for the show or is no. that really like no it's full wide open all the time yeah i i don't know i've only been to the house a couple times and i don't remember specifically if he talked about the rant during a break but i have absolutely heard him in the press box fire off on how stupid the fake starts are or whatever and yeah him and jt are going at it in the press box so it's it's real life for sure yeah yeah it's not a character uh yeah no not at all but uh as with the earlier eli talk there was some motocross national talk including an email that a listener sent in um that about kenny that i thought was really good uh, would it be safe to say that if Ken doesn't win the 21 MX ch- title, that his Honda contract has been a bust? I assume that Honda hired him to win championships. Unfor- understandably, he has had many setbacks, but it seems like he has underperformed what Honda has expected of him. No. He's arguably one of the most marketable people in the sport, I would say. And I, I yeah, no. I don't think it's a bust at all. I think he's been fantastic for Honda. Bust is harsh. I would say disappointing. 
Don't you feel like Kirk? Well, I'm sorry, Kirk. Uh, I think it's absolutely not a bust. Right. No, I uh, I agree with Max that he's one of the biggest figures in the sport. So I think once he did that arm in, that's it. Like like everything else is gravy or whatever he does or doesn't do it's, is I, I is still, fine. I still say disappointing because when they hired him. It was like, oh boy. Yeah, but he yeah, broke his arm and needed seven yeah, surgeries. Yeah, no, but that's a disappointment. That I'm not okay. saying it's his fault. If you are asking Mr. Honda, hey, you've laid out money for Ken, yeah. uh, two million a year, yeah. a million and a half a year, whatever it is, yep. uh, and you have no titles. Yeah, he's disappointed. Right. He's not mad. Right. right he understands. Right. And I think if you put out that kind of money for anything and you don't win or you win don't win a championship, right. disappointing yeah, for sure. I remember Dan Bentley told me when they signed him, if he hasn't won in three years, I won't be here. <laughs> Dan Dan's not there, but yeah. I, I mean that wasn't a case of him getting fired. But that's I mean, what he said. I think like, everybody thought he was going to win when he went there. Nick, I'm not trying to contradict myself, but I, I said earlier, like I'm kind of tired of the the rocks and talk and the Eli talk. But this email from this listener, and I, I didn't write down. I don't even know if he said who it was from. I thought it was really. I like the way it was worded. I like the way he talked about the Honda contract, and I, you know, it's kind of a little twist on it. What do you think about the overall, though? Do you think it? It's a disappointment. Do you think it's a bust? Um, I, I kind of agree with all the guys. I, I'm I'm sort of with that as well. I think with with Honda, you know, at the end of the day, Honda want to have a number one plate, so that's going to be their overall goal as a, as a company, as a team. But at the same time, like Max said, Roxon probably is one of the most marketable riders out there in the field, and marketing 100%. is a good way for them to get sponsors. It's a good way to turn money over. So hey. If you're not if you're not getting a championship, like look at Supercross, he, he finished second. Like it's 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 yeah. It's, it's, if they can market him, they're going to make money. So at the end of the day, I think money is probably uh, is going to be enough to overshadow a number one plate. Yeah, uh, and Justin, like I said, I mean the marketable thing is a big deal, right? Not it's hard. Yeah. Championships are hard to come by, but having a guy that's marketable, having a guy that fans fall in love with, you know, maybe they buy Honda merch or whatever because of Kenny. So saying it's a bust is definitely a little drastic, but disappointment, yeah, I think they're right. I think they're spot on. I mean, it's one of those things where I go back and I think about it, right? Am I, maybe it's overanalyzing, but in my opinion, I feel like if you had Eli Tomac, who was on Geico, but then went to Cowie, if you had Eli Tomac that wins you three titles, say he was on Honda, right? He wins you three titles and one Supercross title to where Kenny's finished second in almost every series is completed. I'm telling you right now, Kenny's selling you more bikes, more works editions in it. An ET3 works edition versus a KR94 works edition, that 94 works edition is going to outsell that ET3 works edition every day. I don't know, man. Our boy Toolman Dan would probably buy five or six of them. Yeah, oh, that's, the because he, <laughs> that's because he's got nothing else better to do. True, true. Uh, <laughs> but I'm just telling you right now, Kenny yeah. – Kenny gets so much flack, right? Everybody's like, oh, this season he, he rode like crap or he rode like shit or they come down on him so hard. I'm like, dude, the guy just finished second. Yeah. He was told three years ago he was barely going to be able to eat his food with a fork. Yeah, yeah. And like, you're, I just, it frustrates me sometimes. Like, I just, I hate how people are so quick to judge or so quick to be keyboard warriors. You know what I mean? But this guy's email was very interesting. I thought it brought a great topic to the show. Yeah, it was a great email. You know, it was a lot better than ones that shit on me or my show or, or whatever that was like some of the emails are terrible that was a really fantastic email yeah so props to that guy you know all about michelin motorcycle tires from the pulp mix show and i'm excited to announce that michelin bicycle tires is part of the pulp mix wrap-up show 
1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire. And to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin bicycle tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, visit bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products. And forget, don't forget to follow them at Michelin Bicycle on Instagram. Uh, I want to jump ahead, Nick, to to where I called in, and Steve, you know, he he has repeated criticism about me and how uh, the the guests I have, right? The, whether I take the current guests that are on Pulp Mex Mon- like Monday Night JT or uh, you know one of those guys, Kirk or Max, and have them on the wrap up show. You both have been on the wrap up show as guests. Obviously, you're on right now. You guys both listen mm-hmm. to the show. Tell me why he's wrong because he's wrong. Who do you want to go hey, first? Uh, Nick. All right, Nick. Hey, uh, if, if, if I recall, Dark Side, the, uh, the first time you got a compliment about the show, it was uh, Fellow B. Hey, you had those those two Australian guys on the show. Good job, Dark Side. That's, that's I, uh, probably true. I've, I've got that timestamp there, man. It's just like, it's okay. Like, whenever you whenever you need me and me, me and Trent to just to lift it up, lift yeah. that game up, just you know where to find me, Dark Side, absolutely. But um, I think it's funny... Uh, I think it's sort of funny when you come on this show and Dark Side sort of gives you gives you a bit of shit, but at the same time, like when you called in, he generally seemed care- he was generally cared about you and how you were at the time, and he seems to be uh, treating you a lot nicer, sort of in the past <laughs> months than he has previously. So hey, yeah. it could be uh, it could be that, and you got another job out of it, Dark Dark Side. Oh, he wants yeah. more out of you. So we're going to talk about uh, that in a minute. Yeah, for sure. Before I get to you, Justin, let me play a little bit of the audio and we'll continue to talk about it. Yeah, why would you want someone on the show that had actually done the show for, for five <laughs> hours in studio? Why would you ever want that? That's terrible. That makes zero sense. Uh, that makes man, zero sense. Yeah, just go down to the Kroger and get somebody. I mean, that's much better sense, I guess. <laughs> you kind of opened the door. Yeah. Well, Max, he's the only one that thinks the, the guests that are in tonight should be on again to talk about what they just said Monday night. Because you're talking about the show. So you're not getting it, Dark Side. But I am getting it. You're not it. getting it. You're not saying to I Kirk, hey, what about Roxon? He already talked about Roxon. What you're saying to Kirk right. is, what was it like being in the show, man? What was it? What was the? What was the atmosphere like? What? 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 What did you feel? You did a good job. Did you like? What segments did you like? What segments didn't you like? Sure, you but know. wouldn't it be better to do that in a couple of weeks, and then he could talk about the information you guys talked about that week, and also give me input on how it was being in the or, studio? I can, I, can, I can certainly cover what I didn't like. All right, Justin. So yeah. Uh, come on, man. I'm, I'm right, right? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where, like, if I did a five-hour show and you, two days later you want me to do another show about what I just talked about, it seemed kind of odd. Yeah, like I, I hope get... Steve doesn't put me on a block list because I'm agreeing with you. But <laughs> well, <laughs> I get what he's saying, right? Like, have yeah, I have, do too. Yeah, you know, have Kirk in because I think that was first Kirk's first time ever in, and okay. what he could talk about what he thought was cool about it or what he was surprised about or, or what sucked about it. But like, so how much of that can you talk about? Like, Oh, very, the was very nice little, the right? Studio. Yeah. The soundboard was way bigger than I thought. Like <laughs> Steve's fart stink. Like what do you, I mean, you can only talk about that for so long before the listeners are like, 
okay, this is boring. Like, yeah. I don't know. But I, I think Steve is right. Like, that would be interesting to have Kirk on to talk about that. Yeah. Or even no, JT, sure. who's been on many times. But I think it's cool, in my opinion. And as I've said before, when I mentioned this to Steve, he said, well, maybe I just need to find somebody else to do the wrap-up show. It's so it's hard. It's hard to win with Steve, as we talked about. But I could do that same thing in two weeks and have Kirk on. And, but he could also comment on a show that's new that he didn't already talk about his thoughts on Ken Roxton or Lewis Phillips or whatever. It's it's yeah. Yeah. So that's, I think, I think what's cool and unique about this show and the reason I enjoy doing it is because you give people to be on the pulp mix platform yeah. that would never, ever get a chance to be in Vegas on the pulp, pulp mix platform. Yeah. Hopefully I'm not crushing my chance to be back in studio as he's mentioned a couple of yeah. times. So I just think, you know, there's, there's been a lot of people on here. Like I, I did that one with Carly, you know, Carly, right. In Indiana. Yeah. Yeah, like she's probably never ever going to be able to go to Vegas. Yeah, and probably, she got right? to say she got to be a part of a Pulp and Mac show. Like that's pretty cool if you think about. I I agree. Thank you. I think that everybody should agree. That's but that is why Nick that we are the number one wrap up show in Moto. So you cannot deny it. Um, hey, we all know new topic here. We all know Steve is on the troll train. He will not let anybody forget it. But dude, yep. it, it got a little derailed at Lakewood. Alex came on and, you know, he called Steve out for already writing him off a little bit, Nick, which I thought was kind of funny. I I really liked it. And I, I sort of really liked his attitude towards, and it was the same thing a couple of weeks ago with Swole, you know. Oh, they yeah, just, yeah. They don't get scared of Steve and they'll happily tell Steve uh, what their thoughts are. And at the same time, I think Alex sort of dropped a, dropped a bit of a bombshell that the guys didn't pick up. Pick up on at the time to later on and that was about Jeremy but um, I, I think Alex and Steve have a really good bond together and a great relationship and it sort of makes it better on radio because they can sort of not so much have to it's not so much an interview they can sort of talk to each other more as friends and you yep, get a lot yep. more out of a conversation like that yeah Justin I think those are the best guests the guys that are friends with Steve have a relationship with Steve whether it be Phil or you know Christian a little bit or you know um Adam C and Cirillo, guys that yeah. will fire back a little bit. I, I dig that. Yeah, we've talked about that before about yep. the banter that those guys have. And yeah, how you can tell that the relationships, you know, one of those things where they don't mind being themselves. I guess you could say it. Like they don't really have a whole lot to hide or a lot to not to discuss. Sure. Um, so it seems like they have some fun, and it's cool that uh, Troll Train has that relationship with Max too, and JT, of course. So. That makes it fun when like everybody in studio is is kind of knows each other because it's like yeah. sometimes it's random when you're like hey this is so and so from so and so you're like okay hey what's up yeah it makes but them more this, of a, a real person instead of like uh, you yeah. know uh, an icon an idol because you know the general listeners who maybe don't get a chance to get to know these guys you know that to to hear them as just just regular dudes man they're just regular guys right. or busting balls uh, yeah that's definitely a high point of the show and Steve. You know, brought up Amart's broken leg. Oh wait, it was his broken arm. Oops. Uh, so yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's good. But uh, he, uh, Alex, talked about his prep for the West rounds and how things went wrong. Yeah, that was a tough one because obviously we, you know, we, I've I've done really well on West Coast tracks in the past and on different teams I've been a part of. But unless you're like living in SoCal and riding those tracks, it's it's tough, you know. Um, so I was hoping to just kind of get through that one a little bit better off. Um, but for sure, Jeremy and I, 
I mean, we would both put in some big, long days in between Paula and Colorado, um, just trying to get ready. I really felt like it was going to be a good day. Like Jeremy and I both podium there in the past a couple times, um, so that was cool. And wow, so I'm surprised that you could maybe make Millville or whatever. Like I, I figured a broken arm with with. By the way, on the uh, on the announcing, I was announcing the. Um, on the day, and I said you had a broken leg, so I'd like to apologize to all the people at Lakewood who thinks you broke your leg. My bad. Wow, how'd you mess that up? JT, are you happy that Troll Train broke his arm? Are you happy? Yeah, it brings me a lot of joy, yep, Steve. Yep, there we go. And that's just the way the sport is sometimes. Like, I yep. was looking back, and like in 13, 14, 15, 16, and part of 17, I made it all the way through that streak of years without a single broken bone. So heartbreaking, Nick, man. I mean, just how do you feel bad for this guy? How hard they work, him and his brother. Uh, you know, it, it just, and, and he also dropped the info that he may be back at Millville. We heard that. Um, but yeah, just a, just it, it, when you hear how hard they work and you hear the tone of his voice, it just, your you, heart kind of breaks for the guy. Dude, I, I, it's that, and it's just, I don't know about you guys, but. I find it scary that both Martin brothers take themselves out at the same round, you know, like Supercross, they both went out the yep, same day. Yep. Motocross, they both go out the same day. And, and sort of like Alex said in that interview, that, that's the line that he's been doing for years. And it was just this day that they pushed off a heap of mud there and that's what caught him. Like, it's it, it's just, it's incredible, like the amount of work that these guys put in and then it can literally be taken in uh, in, in just one one calculation that's not correct. Yeah, it's it definitely opens your eyes. We all know how brutal this sport could be and how quick it can go south. And uh, unfortunately, the the Martin brothers have experienced that a few times this uh, this year. And, and in the audio, Justin, we heard him say, you know, that he may be back at Millville or uh, Mathis actually yeah. brought it up. Uh, you know, and Steve has some thoughts on Millville. I don't want to toot my own horn here, but I fly at Millville. I fly at Millville. So I just, that's all I'm saying. You fly to Millville. No, no, no. I fly. <laughs> I would love to see you go up Mount Martin and down it. No problem. I shred that place. I slid on my butt one time from the top to the bottom. 06 in the mud. Bro, Justin, we, I hope we get some, you know, I hope we get some footage of this because I want to see Steve, you know, shred Millville. Yeah, this goes back to the the what I was just referring to earlier about being a character because this is some of the shit that I pull. I'm like, bro, did you see me over that triple jump? Scrubbed it straight. Scrubbed oh, of course, it. yeah, I was flat. I was lower than homeboy over there. He's like 458 qualifying for nationals. Like I got him covered. Yeah, but uh, that's that's kind of what I referred to earlier about the character side of Steve. But um, the thing that I noticed, the and maybe it's bad or not, but what really stuck out to me in this interview from Alex was that he said he was 31 years old. It's kind of funny how we gave Martin Davalos so much grief, right? For all the years, but Alex Martin's been in the class for a long time. Yeah. But he's a, he's a troll train though. So it's okay. That, yeah. That, that's just, it just, I just think I, I love it. That's I think what's so funny about we have panic buttons. We have yeah, different yeah. personas about people. It's just, it's funny. I think it's really funny. And I, of course I mean, Alex is. is awesome. I'm friends with the guy who shoots his vlog. So yeah, they're, they're a great family. It's just, I just love how the, it's different for uh, other people. It's, it's pretty funny. And, and once again, JT with his quick wit, his quick response is yes. you fly into Millville. JT's the, <laughs> JT always has these quick little, uh, just, just jabs back at Steve or it's something. He always comes up with something very quick. 
Absolutely. You, they need a vlog. They need a vlog. Yeah. Go ahead, Nick. It's it's funny, like out of that whole context, like that that audio there. The one thing we're all going to remember is JT's joke, which everyone <laughs> sort of laughed at. It's just like, but I'm just amazed how he does it so quickly and keeps a straight face. Like, yeah, yeah. I just I'd love to be sitting there, and that's the best thing about YouTube is you get to watch these guys and you get to watch the uh, re- reactions. You know, you got carrots coming up on the screen. So Dude, like for people yeah. that listen to the show, watching it on YouTube, you get to see these people's reactions. You get to see them laugh. And I don't know about you, but I, I really enjoy that because I can relate to it a little bit more. Yeah. And not only the care, I'm glad you brought that up. I've talked about this all the time, what Marks does with YouTube and if you should watch because you get this added bonus of material. Not only does he in the last couple of weeks have these carrots that he's sticking in the ears of the guest. <laughs> he had like a manscaper thing on the screen at one point. Like where the hell do you get this icon in like three seconds? And he's got it up. Unreal. Marks, you're the man. Yeah, he's dude. a ninja. He's yeah. a ninja. Well, that, that brings me to a question, doctor. Okay. The poll, who were you going to choose? You didn't say you couldn't say on air, but you, oh, that's right. you didn't pick. I have, yeah. I, I sort of have the poll of my notes here in a little bit, but yeah. Um, man, I, 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 I'm waffling, dude. I like tits and I oh love, I like God. Talon. Um, oh, bro. Okay. All right, fine. I'm going to go. Fuck. This is so difficult. Cause tits would just skewer me if I pick Talon. Um, Oh, fuck. All right, I'm going to go Talon. Oh, you're dead. Sorry, you're Tits. Dead. No tomahawks for you, bro. Clippy, no clippy. Well, I feel like Tits could get one anyway, separate, yeah. and Talon probably would not try to. So that's, yeah, I'm going to go. Talon's still on probation. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go I'm gonna go Talon on this one. But uh, anyway, yeah, sorry. Hey, do you do you guys think JT was great? Like, he had, he had a couple of these. He had a couple like quick witty ones in this episode, but he had, he had like the fly to Millville. He had the fired power. He had, I mean, he had a couple hot ones. He's good, dude. He was quick and witty. Yeah. Yeah. He's always on it with that stuff. Uh, Guts racing was established in 1990 as a premier off highway seat manufacturing company offering high performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross and off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson and McGrath in the 90s to Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s. And today with Rockstar Husky, Pro Circuit Kawasaki, and many more. If it's style performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. Uh, guys, all right, my favorite guest of the night, I, I think, was probably Michael Byrne. It's been a while since we've heard from Burner. Uh, his team has kind of been off everyone's radar, even probably Nick a little bit. What do you think about that? Nick is, uh, is that the rock? Is that team off your radar at all? Oh God. Um, it's, uh, it's team 17, baby. It's, it's, uh, we're good. That's, I got the big poster going up in my, uh, in my house here. So, but I, um, I know Michael personally and I know his parents really well. So, you know, we're just, we're just trying to make team 17 just a little bit tighter. Dark side. Yeah, anybody that doesn't know, Nick is a super fan of Joey Savacci, so he was pretty stoked yes. on this. Um, 17 tattooed on his body. <laughs> he's got it on his ass. <laughs> I've actually got it on my thigh. He's got 17 <laughs> tattoos of Joey Savacci. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> uh, so, seven? Go ahead. Go ahead, Dark Side. Sorry. No, I was just going to get it. Burner discusses his guys, his teams right here. 
Do you think you can get Joey back to sort of the factory Cowie days? That's a couple of years ago now. He had a, you know, obviously the uh, the JGR stuff. He was hurt pretty bad. I honestly, I honestly think he's already there. Like when you watch him during the week, like mm-hmm. man, him and him and Jet were like having a throwdown battle the other day um, for for a moto. So I think the speed and everything's there. It's just he's got to click. You know, you mm-hmm. got to get that qualifying time. You got to get that start and. And don't have that little tip over or that mistake, you know. Right. The speed is definitely there. Uh, and Bogle, Bogle's like Jason Voorhees, uh, Burner. I don't even know if you know who that is. It's from Friday the 13th. Like, literally, he's been up, he's been down, uh, concussions, injuries, and he keeps fighting back. Like, does this guy have another comeback in him, Burner? Oh, that's what we're trying for. I think he does. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean, he, uh, he made the big move this year, and he came down to ride before Orlando, and he rode with, you know, rode with the boys down here, and he's like, man, this is where I need to be. So mm-hmm. he sold everything and moved to Florida. I've been with him pretty much every day and mm-hmm. got him on a program. And um, <laughs> trust me, he's had a, a a lot of long weeks out there at 83 where he's not, <laughs> he's not he's not feeling it. But but then he's going to the races and it's getting better. So. Right. Um, I think, uh, you know, the, the goal right now is just to keep building. And um, I honestly yeah. think just a lot of stuff with Justin is like he starts improving like this and then because he has been a champion before and he does want to do good mm-hmm. then sometimes he pushes too hard or, or does something to, that he's not quite ready for it to make that big of a jump again yep. instead of just sticking to what he's doing mm-hmm. so that's that's been the main goal lately is just hey just remember where we're at Keep keep working. Be patient. Know. Yeah, be patient. Yeah, be right. be be patient. Don't get fr- frustrated if Joey's faster than you during the you know practicing or mm-hmm. anything like that. Let's just focus on you know day to day and and uh, obviously even just doing that even within a you know a week from Pala to uh, to Lakewood it made a huge difference. All right, Nick, I'm going to go to you first because you're such a Joey fan. Uh, what do you think about Burner? What he had to say about your guy and his teammate Bogle. Dude, Burner is, he talks, the way he talks, like he's so technical, He's he has an understanding of everything so well, and he, he, he it, was, it was cool, like, it was like Steve was trying to not talk down about Joey, but was just saying how Steve felt, but Michael sort of jumped in and goes, hey, he is there, but we've got to work on this, 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 and things have just got to click, like Michael's standing by his guys, which are, which I think is really, really important because he's doing such a big thing with their careers at the moment. So, I, uh, yeah, dude, I'm 100% on the Michael Byrne train. I have been for ages. But um, before before we get to it, the whole the whole Baggett thing, yeah. he, dude, he knew something. He knew well, of something. course he knows something. But, yeah, it just can't be talked about right now. I think I think anybody that really pays attention knows that just these guys can't – there's some legal shit going on and nobody can talk. I mean, I, I've mentioned I've talked to Keeley – Talk to Blake a little bit. They can't talk, uh, and I'm sure that's the same thing with the team. They got to keep it until I don't until they get it all figured out, and maybe never. Maybe they'll never be able to talk about it. You know, they probably signed something that they can't bring it up. But uh, things that uh, clearly went south, Justin, and it just is what it is. And I know Steve has to ask that, and he's you know that's that's his job. Yeah. And, but yeah, I, I kind of knew that we weren't going to get anything out of him. No, and honestly, I'm kind of I don't know if I would say happy, but I'm kind of wondering what would have happened if Hopper was on. Cause I know that would have been a way longer conversation. Oh, yeah. Granted Hopper wouldn't have been on when burner was on, but that topic is hot on those on Hopper and the other media that he works with 
radar. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's just some things go unsaid and that's just a part of our sport. And I have heard some things about Baggett for next year. So we'll see if it comes out, but, or if it works out for him, but I don't think he's gone. I don't think he's retired. So uh, as of um, right now, no, he doesn't want to be like I, I said, yeah. you know, Steve gave me a bunch of shit for breaking news. If he had, if he got offered a ride, he would race, you know, and Steve kind of gave me shit about that, but <laughs> that's not, yeah. yeah, but I mean, as I said, back when he gave me shit, like nobody else has said that we don't, you know, cause Steve is like, I don't know if he's retired or not. That's kind of what he said. Cause we don't know. Well, that yeah. to me, that was news, but um, yeah, I think he's going to try to come back, but uh, he better get to riding soon. Uh, another thing Burner brought up was, man, I loved what he said about Jason Anderson. Jason's, you know, Jason's a different yep. guy, right? We has a lot of people have certain opinions of him. They don't know the real Jason Anderson. And I love what he had to say. Uh, and Jason Anderson, um, you know, a lot of misconceptions about Jason out there and, and talk about what it's like having him there. Uh, well, obviously, Jason hasn't been there for a little bit. Obviously, right. now he's hurt. But when he was there, it was, yeah, definitely uh, – it's not what it seems, you know. Jason was when he was there. He he works his ass off, that's for sure. You know, he puts in more laps than anybody. So it's definitely uh, smoke and mirrors there from what yeah people think of Jason to what the work that he actually puts in. All right, Justin. So I'm going to go to you first. Uh, there's two things with this. First of all, well, let's focus on what the audio said. Uh, I've had a chance to talk to Jason a number of times. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, he he definitely wants to have fun doing what he's doing. He doesn't want to do the Alden program, and you know, just have to fucking t- keep track of every little thing. It takes the fun out of it. I get that, but people think that means he's a slacker. You know, that's what they that's what the general public I think thinks about him, and it's just not yeah. true. And I love what Burner had to say. Yeah, Burner nailed it on the head, and it's it's one of those things where you hear it at every race you go to, and. I know people that are close to Jason that are in his circle. And I'll tell you right now, all everybody I've talked to about Jason will say the same thing. He has a very strict regiment. He has a bedtime that he sticks to. He has a wake up time that he sticks to. He's very strict on his regiment. So um, it's funny hearing people just think that he's, since he's not at Alden's that he's, he's a failure. Not, I guess failure is not the right word. Well, I think, just, I think they think he they, left they, because it was too hard. He didn't want to do it. Yeah. You know, and I, I think he did. No, he, he want look, we yeah. all get into racing dirt bikes because it's fun, right? These guys, yes, it's a job, but we see how a guy like Ryan Villapoto, who just got so burnt out and didn't enjoy it anymore. What happened right. with his career? And yeah, maybe Jason doesn't, obviously Jason's probably not going to win the, min, the number of championships that Ryan had, but he's going to enjoy his career. He's enjoying what he's doing. And I think that's important. Yeah, Jason said it a couple times that he wants to do this for a long time. Yes, he doesn't want to yes. be out. He wants to do this for a long time, and he I, it almost seems like he wants to be like the next Brayton, where he just keeps riding, you know, getting on good teams, putting himself out there, going for wins, possibly going for titles, but he wants to ride his dirt bike, and it's like you can't hate on the guy for that. Yeah, maybe he's not out there grinding every day and is a robot, but Jason wants to ride his dirt bike, and I think that's yeah. cool. I hope that more guys want to stick around and be in the sport longer. Agreed. Nick, I want to I want to touch on the same on Jason a little bit, but not so much the audio. What I really thought is cool is the way you hear Steve ask the question about Jason and we know the history with him and Jason not really liking each other or having or Jason has an issue with Steve. Like Jason or Steve still asked the question with 
professionalism and he's not like, oh, fuck that guy. That guy's, you know, he's, he's asking a legitimate question about a guy that doesn't like him, won't talk to him, gives him shit when he goes to the truck or whatever. But Steve still, and we're going to talk about this in a little bit, he's still a professional the way he asked the question. Absolutely. And, and Steve does Steve does that a fair way across the board. Like, obviously, we heard him and Marchbank sort of had a bit of a disagreement, but he still talks really, really highly of the guys. Yeah. And, and Steve, as a professional media person, he reports on what he sees. And if it's something that is good, he will say it is good. Even if he does not have the relationship with these guys, he still reports on what it is. And that's one of the things I like about Steve. It's, it's no bullshit with him. It's... um. What happens is what happens. His opinion is his opinion, and he's entitled to it. And sort of, he says it how it is. And a lot of media people don't actually do that dark side. Uh, I agree. I mean, I and there's times you're you're new at doing media. Uh, all of us, all three of us, have our own podcast. We're all relatively new. It is not easy to say something that may that these writers may take as negative. Like we're all. Uh, at least I'll, I'll speak for myself scared of build, burning a bridge that could cause the, the opportunity to keep doing what we're doing to go away. And Steve, Steve does not uh, operate on that same level as at least I do because he's doing it as a professional journalist and I, I you have to respect it. Yep. Absolutely. I, um, you couldn't put it any better way. Like you said, dark side, we all, Burning bridges is something that we we sort of don't want to strive to do, but dark side sort of. I mean, Steve sort of puts it aside and, and puts journalism first, but at the same time, himself as a person, and he talks about it on this show. Where is if he gets burnt or if a person's actions do something, then he will talk about them. He will have an opinion of them, and that opinion won't change. Like your your actions speak of you as a person, mm-hmm. and that is something that sort of Steve sort of goes into, and I can um. I can relate to that a lot, and I sort of, I actually really like what he said about that. So I hope that's something that comes up a little later, Dark Side. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I don't have this in my notes, but I just thought of this. I want to ask both of you guys. We'll start with you, Justin. What would you do? Give up? Uh, like what to get into studio into Pulp MX for a Monday night live show on air? What What would you be willing to do, Justin? Uh, I would pay. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'd pay. All right. I'd pay for an experience for the experience. Yeah, for sure. I've actually, I, I think I've talked to Kirk about. It. I'm like, how much firepower do I need to sell to get a chance to win? <laughs> or I, I've talked to a few of his sponsors. Yeah. Like, hey, how much do I need to sit? Well, but I get it. Like he's very, he's very weary about who he lets into the to the lions den there. But uh, yeah, it'd be it would be really cool to get the experience. I'm all about the experience. So yeah, um, it'd be it would be cool. Yeah, for sure. What about you, Nick? Because I know you're. Uh, I, I feel like you do some really awful things. Oh, dude, I do some. I do some bad, bad things to, <laughs> to be in there. But um, I don't know. I don't like. I don't like. Um, I get seasick, so I, I would happily sit in a boat from Australia to uh, the United States, and then probably ride an e-bike from Los Angeles to Las Vegas. Okay, that's uh, uh, that's that's a bit yeah. different. I'd probably do that as long as there's like you know a In and Out Burger on the way. I think I'd uh, be okay. God dang it! You, yeah, I told you before we started this how hungry I am, and you just yeah f me down because I don't even have. <laughs> I'd, watch, I'd watch Steve's bike for him. I'd, I'd watch his bike for him. <laughs> okay, I don't, don't want to go get crazy now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's I'd a lot of work. I think it's pretty dirty. I hate dirty bikes. I hate dirty bikes. Right. All right. Let's talk like, about. I'm, I'm the I'm the guy that rides Saturday. Uh-huh. And then washes it Saturday to go riding Sunday 
Because I don't yeah, want to shoot to the track. I kind of do the same normally. But um, let's talk about future headlines for a minute. Um, I love this segment, but I love it be- when JT gets fired up and upset with it. So I love the crazy future headlines that JT doesn't like that are just like there is no in between. And we didn't get a whole lot of those Monday night. But Justin, um, your thoughts on future headlines. Uh, does he do it enough? Not enough? You know, is it what, what do you like about it or don't like about it? Give me your thoughts. Best segment of the Pulp Mix show. Really? The best segment? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just okay. Give, I, like, I like to give Steve props. Um, best no, segment I, or? Or needs to be deleted. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I enjoy it. And Nick said it too. Like, I think it's just because it's different. You know, he, he sometimes has some witty come up lines that are pretty good. Like the Marv one was pretty good, like marvelous. Um, so <laughs> he's got some witty, he's got some witty ones that are yeah. that are fun. But uh, sometimes it's like it makes you actually think, like, what if these things happen? You know what I mean? Because it'd be it'd be actually kind of cool to go back to listen. Because I think he did two or three future headlines during Supercross or before Supercross uh-huh. about like Webb and Tomac. So it'd be kind of cool. To just, I think one was like, does the web wagon fall off or? So it'd be kind of cool to go back and listen to those and see what uh, what the topics were and what the discussion was because I think some of the times he's pretty spot on with some of these. Yeah, sometimes, but then Marv, sometimes, yeah. Marv meows his way to a podium. That yeah, that was a little weird. But was, Marv loves his cats. He's exactly, it's witty, his man. Cats. It was yeah. good. Um, Nick, future headlines. Dude, I I love it. I think it's one of it's definitely one of my favorites, and I I think. With Max on the show, he sort of spoke about like when he has a conversation with his kids and he's like, <laughs> his kids come up to him and ask him questions and he's like, or, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's things like that. And there would be so many people in the pulp nation out there that when they say, or they say it for that because that's where they get it from. And I think Steve probably doesn't realize how big of a following that's got, but uh, I sort of love the, the banter with JT when he's like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, how about during future headlines they they use the term Justin a couple times, pretty kitty. Boy, that made that went that took me to Kiefer after dark every time I heard him say it. They they like they don't drink that I know of, but they had some moments to where they it seemed like they were a little buzz, but I think uh, they're just yeah, having maybe. fun. I think they were just having fun, honestly. Yeah, I think so. I, I enjoyed it. I love when I just love JT getting riled up and firing back at Steve. It's it's such a great time. Uh, Let me ask you this, Dark. Side. Okay. I don't know if you have it. I don't know if you have it on your notes or not. But Steve, you got to see a glimpse of the twenty twenty one gear. Oh, that's yeah. That's twenty twenty two gear. Yep. Oh, you have it. Already. Okay, I, I have okay. it as a, a note at the. This is the last note of my my notes actually. But um, okay. we can go. Oh, we can go there now. You brought it up. Let's go there now. Okay. Uh, I was going to ask you when's your when's your preview and how what's your thoughts on Steve's. Uh, extra attention because i mean the moto x pod is just as big as the pulp mech show like let's be real okay um i'll just gloss <laughs> over that comment but i feel like you get, to, you get to say it six more times it's okay yeah i feel like steve completely um earns the the favoritism he gets he's he's probably they probably see the most return on marketing from him i would assume over yeah a lot no, of, i know so <laughs> I have zero issue with it. I did text um, JT during the show. I was very, very jealous. 
Uh, and I don't think I'll get to see it when everybody else does. I'm sure. Like I think sometime in July. So no preferential treatment, especially after my breach of the embargo last time. <laughs> I'll, I'll FaceTime you for the wrap up show. Dark side right now. We'll just wrap up show FaceTime. Okay. I'll show okay. Yes. Oh shit. You just I'm said just that, dude, that looks good. I'm Justin. Just- <laughs> Holy shit. Wow. You're going to get me fired. Dark I love that. Co- oh my God. I'm placing my order right now. The- I'm going to screen you and put on social media. I can't believe oh. they changed that. Wow. It looks good, huh? Dude, that looks good. Woo. Yeah. All right. That formula helmet. You can't beat that formula helmet. Uh, dude, I, I have three of them. <sighs> That's more than me. Yeah. Well, I, I, they're, they're bitching, man. You got to have them. If you're going to, if you want to stay protected, you got to have a formula. Of According to your intro, you need three of them. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> hey, <laughs> assholes. Those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know motorsport.com is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance to have you looking good, too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at motorsport.com. E-bike talk. We got a little bit of that Monday night. Uh, it's you know Steve's obviously a huge e-biker. Caller asked Steve if he ever had issues with riding in places that don't allow motorized vehicles. I've kind of always wondered that. Uh, you know, I didn't know how that was perceived, and we got a little breakdown on that. But... Uh, Let's be. We got a quick. We got a quick funny story out of JT. That's really why I brought this up. Check this out. I was battling some lady. She was on a uh, pedal assist, like road bike. It was like a. It was like a beach cruiser. Yeah. She was ripping. Oh yeah. And I, I'm just like going to give myself a heart attack <laughs> trying to beat this lady. Yeah. And she just like got a basket. She's yeah, cruising. Yeah. And, and I'm like full right. tuck, like in right. the drops, just going. I wasn't going to lose. Yeah, I mean, she was sweet. she was hauling right. ass though. <laughs> and probably it was a completely oblivious to me. And yeah, I'm like yeah. drafting full tuck, like right. I'm you know putting out 500 watts um, probably. Nick, I was I was cracking up with this. When he said I was like full drafting, like I just could picture him in literally in a full draft, tucking in behind this lady, and she's just oblivious. Like it's just funny picture to me. Oh, absolutely! I like he's like I was probably putting out five hundred watts and and sort of just talking about you know it has like the basket on the front and you can sort of just think probably has like the dog or something sitting yeah, I, in the yeah, basket. I see it like the and, Wicked and Witch. JT just, yeah, in Wizard of Oz at the beginning. That's what I was picturing, and JT's behind him trying <laughs> try to race her. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, that's good stuff, man. Um, all right, going back to my call, Justin, you sort of touched on this earlier. Steve, or someone, well, maybe Nick did. I got a, like a, a new job or an added part of my job. He, he wants me to pull audio for the noise quotes in Racer X. And I really feel like I dropped the ball, and I'm kind of screwing myself over by even saying it now. I feel like it was the perfect time with Max and JT in to say, all right, well, let's re- renegotiate my deal. I need more money. So I, I completely dropped the ball on that, Justin. You did, and you and you made Marks and uh, Talent look bad. Because <laughs> I just instantly agreed to do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You I know. That good, you're that good. Uh, brown noser employee. <laughs> yeah, I thought about that today. And then like <laughs> when I was pulling audio for this show, this, the audio that we've all heard tonight, I'm going, fuck man. Now I got to spend more time to find this stuff and pay more attention and send it to Steve. And yeah, I should have just been like, yeah, I don't have time for that. 
Yeah, you needed the Heather Kiefer drop. F you, dude. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, all right. Shoot. So, hey, Justin, Nick called in, our guy Nick, on the phone, and I, I texted Steve while that was going on to let him know that was the Nick from Moto Limited that helps out with the wrap-up stuff. And uh, yeah, he wanted to he, – he had a pretty cool thing. You know, who, who would your picks be right now for MX of Nations? It's funny Nick asked that question because I literally just did this question with somebody on Monday. Okay. Um, and I was like, I was like, Nick, we were like in the same time zone. So I picked for my, when I discussed it, I did uh, AC, Sexton, and Cooper. Hey, okay. Good picks. Good picks. Cooper, yeah, J- Cooper Webb or Justin Cooper? Justin Cooper. That's what I thought you meant. So AC, Jason, uh, Cerrillo, Jay Sexton, and Justin Cooper. All right. Well, uh, Nick, that was, that was a good call uh, everybody had some pretty good answers if you guys had i'm sure everybody pretty much listened and knows the answers but if you haven't go back and check it out i'm gonna go say fuck the countries i'm taking right now i'm taking dylan Ferrandis, ken roxon and i'll take justin cooper for so that's yeah sorry you germany can't do that dark side what do you mean i can't do i can do whatever i want no hey, you are you really USC. gonna leave the jet off the list yeah i'm taking that's justin just- yeah yes uh, you my fellow my aussie over there yes i'm taking justin cooper you you can't pick people that aren't going to be on the team, Dark Side. This Dude, is a Justin, real life situation. Triple J, I'm joking. Triple J, calm down. No, I take this nation <laughs> seriously. Okay, so I, I like your He's picks, jumping man. Jumping around and jumping Justin Jennings. <laughs> yeah, don't don't fuck with me, Dark Side. <laughs> I think your picks are pretty fucking good. Uh, Chase Sexton, AC. Ah, well, oh, man, AC. If you could stop tucking that front end, man. Um, no, stop. He's going to win this weekend. Okay. All right. Yeah, I think your your picks are actually pretty good, so I'll go with that. Um. Anyway, what yeah. about what about what Steve said though? I kind of like that. Like, why? You know, there's I don't know if there's rule. I don't know the rules of Disney nations, but how sick would it be if we took Adam Cicerello, Chase Sexton, and Cooper Webb, or Eli Tomac, and one of them got to drop down to a two fifty F? Like, yeah, they, they definitely can do that. That'd be great. That'd I guess be it, sick. But that, I don't like the like saying that our two fifty guys aren't good enough. Like I think Justin, yeah, Justin did a damn good job. You know, uh, uh, was it Lomel? Yeah, Asin. Asin, yeah, 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 yeah. He would have He would have won it if he didn't crash. In the yeah, so I'm. I'm not going, that he not won it, but he was running good. I'm going all, all in with Justin on uh, as our two fifty guy. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. good call, Nick. Good job, Nick. Thank how long you. Are we on hold for. Um, this is actually, I, I don't really want to give away this information, but I've called into the pulp show probably four or five times now, and I've never been on hold for more than two or three minutes. Really? Yeah. yeah. Who you been, who you been mowing or dark sides? <laughs> Dude, it, it blows me away when I hear people that are on hold four for, hours. for a couple of hours. Yeah. Cause I don't know. <laughs> if they get lost in the shuffle somehow or if Steve just doesn't think it's cause you know, like Talon will send over to Steve who's on and a, a quick little synopsis of what they want to talk about. So I don't know if some of these guys, Steve just sort of like he loses it on the computer and doesn't see it after a while or what? Because yeah, I, I mean, obviously now I'm sort of in with the show, so I get on pretty quick, but yeah. even in the past I was maybe one time ever I was on hold for like an hour but I was actually out of town. Wow. I was out of town yeah. with my dad at a like a sprint car race, and we were in a hotel, so I didn't really care. I was just listening anyway. But it's really rare to stay on hold that long. It's real. I, I guess we need to ask Steve like how that yeah. how that goes down because I don't have that information. But um, pretty interesting. 
that's a question I have for you, Dark Side, since Steve wants to talk about the show all the time on this wrap-up show. Yeah. Um, what's that like being in studio and you and Talon or Tits is at the at the table and you get a call in? Like, is there like hand signals? Steve's like, no, like I don't want to take that call right now. Or they say a name and they say the question. Like, how does that how does that procedure go? Like, you know, is it a text message? Is it a DM through computer? Like, yes, it's a D. It's like a program, a DM through computer. And Talon or Marks when he was doing or, or Tits when he's in just kind of sends it over to Steve and lets them know what's what's who's on what line and what they want to talk about. And, gotcha. and they're messaging, they're using that message system throughout the show for different things. You know, if there's something on YouTube that Mark sees or whatever, he may send it over to Steve. So Steve can touch on it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, last bit of audio I have is the discussion uh, that honestly, it could have been a second rant. It was, uh, you know, obviously very entertaining. Steve asks Max, because Max is, you know, the marketing manager, I think it's title. I don't even have it in front of yep. me. Uh, yeah, he's for, marketing manager. For WPS. And he, he brought up, like, the, the douchey agents and things they may ask for for a rider and how he deals with it. My job is to take all their calls. I don't have to like any of them, but I do have to talk to them. Yeah, but when, when that jerk-off media guy threw the jersey down at the summer camp a couple years ago, like, I'm never talking to that guy again. I, that's how I roll in my no. in my life. Can't, or if like can't though. everybody why? has reasons for doing stuff. Why? Like yeah. you can't act like that. That would be my comeback. You can't be that way. Because sometimes in the professional world, you just have to deal with things, be professional, and move on. And I'm not taking the high road. I'm not being professional. <laughs> I'm not doing any of that. Fuck you. I give somebody a chance, <laughs> but when they show me who they are. You know, I try to treat everybody like I'm, I'm treated and, and cool and nice. And then when someone does something douchey or shitty or lies to me, that's it, man. Like, you, like there's certain things that you only have your character and your integrity in, your, in this life. That's all you have. All I Thank can you, do is Gia. do the best for our company and our brand and know that I did the right thing. That's all I can do. That conversation isn't just between myself and that person. I'm representing a lot of people and a big company behind me when I'm saying something like that. And they can't. That comment can't come from them. We're not necessarily representing ourselves or our feelings sometimes. No, I know, but... To your credit, you have built yourself a platform where you don't yeah, thank have God. to answer. Yeah, thank yeah. God. That. I need more do. money for next year, by the way. <laughs> uh, all right, Nick. So I fully respect where Mathis is coming from. Um, I think it takes a very special personality to be able to deal with people like that and not just want to be like, like he said, like F you dude, it, it, a guy like Max, it, it it's not an easy job. And uh, you have to have a lot of respect for what he does also. Absolutely. And, and this is sort of what I was talking about previously, it's sort of about the person that sort of Steve is and he gives everyone a shot. But when it sort of burns, he, he'll happily say that that's the case. But even further on down the show, like the story about JT getting getting death threats from a writer's oh, father. Yeah, like, yeah. Dude, that is literally incredible. And it's like, that's probably a lot of people that are fans of this and go, oh, wow, that would be the dream job. That would be the dream job. But with every dream job, you know, you're going to have the, the, the parts of it that you don't really like. And I sort of forgot about it until they were talking about it, the, the sort of people that you may have to deal with and come along and, I can do a JT at the same time. He's like, dude, I, I can't speak myself. I have to speak for my company and represent my company. And, and like, that's got to be hard to want to like sort of bite your, bite your tongue. But I can't imagine Steve ever having to bite his tongue. He would, uh, he would let it out and say it as it is. Well, yeah. And Justin, that's like JT said, he created his own show 
uh, his own business where he doesn't have to do that. And that works for, for Steve, obviously for his personality, but uh, you know, Max well, and you know, JT well, and listen, we hear JT on the show all the time. And he has the, if you see J, JT, everybody says that he looks mean, but dude, he's just as professional as Max and, and with his story that he told uh, or that, you know, Kirk brought up about guy tell him that he was going to kill him or whatever. Like it takes, it just takes a special guy, man. I don't, it's hard to do. Yeah. I mean, it's like JT said, we, we represent a brand and yeah. a, that brand is not just us. You know what I mean? It's, it's uh, thousands of dealers. It's thousands of customers. It's thousands of employees. Like, so it's a bigger platform to where we are. Can't just think about our feelings and that what we, you know, what we're doing. Cause at the end of the day, we represent somebody and we represent a brand and we have to make sure we have the best character moving forward. And sometimes you just have to hold your breath and, and just keep your thoughts to yourself because it's, if you're not doing anybody a favor by going and unleashing your anger on somebody or telling them, like Steve said, fuck you, man. Like exactly. It, just, it does nobody any good. So for us, it's, it's one of those things to where, yeah, it might be one of those situations where you do what Steve said, but in the long run, somebody else might benefit, you know, you might benefit someone down the road or whatever, because this sport's very small and, and everything. So it's, it's one of those things where you just never know what's yeah. going to happen down the they road. Come back full circle. Yeah, yeah. So this topic and, and another one we're going to discuss here in a minute, where Steve is trying to make deals with the guys, as he does every time Max is in. It, yeah. It's it's something different. It's it's a side that we don't get to hear about every week. Um, so having these guys in and talking about that, it, it, I don't know, man. It's pretty cool. I, I liked it. I, like I said at the beginning of the show, no fireworks for me in the show, but still a lot of interesting topics, some good information. Yeah. Something a little different. So, uh, you know, I think, I think I'm sure everybody that listens to this week's show is still going to enjoy it. Um, so, yeah, I want to move on to that next topic, Nick. Uh, there was a long discussion, Steve, trying to make deals uh, for teams and just throwing numbers out there. And as usual, none of the WPS guys are, yeah, they're, well, they had, they did have one deal that he, they were they were ready to go down with but um yeah that was a good deal yeah for the most part nick uh steve is pretty far out there with what he wants but it's laughable exactly and this goes back to the to the cameras thing last year but i was i actually really enjoyed this conversation because i'm i sort of don't know what sort of goes in the back end of these deals and i don't know like okay the areas they look at and when Steve was sort of explaining it and you could see it on Max and JT's faces, the reaction they were getting. Yeah, well, I Kirk, that pretty Kirk was pretty blunt too. Yeah, I, I thought that was pretty interesting. And then when they, when they had the, when like, obviously there was something there that they liked, they're like, Hey, can you get this out? We can sign now. Like, uh, I, I think it's, I think it's funny. And it's like, I, like you said, there wasn't many fireworks, but there was just, enough content that I found interesting and I could sit there and, and watch it easily. Like I, I found it pretty easy watching and easy listening. So uh, I appreciated that. And I, I put that in my notes for sure. Yeah. And uh, Justin with one of the deals, Steve tried to get some extra money and Kirk's like, dude, I'm already paying you with product $10,000 in WPS credit. So yeah, it's like it kind of yeah. like for me, I guess listening and like Nick said, not really knowing how these deals work. It, it's sort of in a, in a funny way, gave a little bit of insight on how some of these deals with teams work and, you know, the dollars and all that. Yeah. It was funny. Well, and like Steve messed up right away going after Kirk for money. Like Kirk's oh, yeah. too fast. I saw that. Like, I'm just kidding. Kirk. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just, well, he wasn't, he wasn't budging. Me, so 
No, he was. Kirk is very like adamant about his like no, like we're a premium brand. Like you should be paying us to be on the trailer. And I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised he did. I think he was new in studio, so he couldn't say that. But a normal Kirk would have been like, "Hey, you can write me a check." You know what I mean? Like, but it's uh, it was good. I I like it a lot because a lot of people don't realize uh, you know what these contracts go into, or even like JT said, Jet is one of those guys that could get those numbers for head to toe. So we've talked about it a couple of times on this episode about being marketable. So yeah, it was cool to see the insight because a lot of people don't know the back ends of that. There's a lot of assumptions. Definitely. I, I enjoyed it. I laughed quite a bit. I love just Max's response. And, and of course, do you get, do either of you know how many gargoyle um, mentions there were? Cause last week we had a lot of mentions on some things this week, gargoyles. Yeah. At least 15 or 16. Right. Total- but- Final count was 18. 18 mentions of gargoyles. Yeah, um, yeah I had 17, so you must have got one extra on me. There was a couple, yeah, where, I, where they were, like, firing them so fast it was hard to keep up, but I was making hash marks. So, yeah, I had 18. That's what we finished with. A uh, couple more things before you, we wrap. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, sorry, do you think Steve was onto something, but he was kind of being funny about it? Do you think there is somebody that's looking to come over here? Because I know, like, that was a big deal of Prado. Like, Prado was going to come over here, but he couldn't refuse to, like, to, he wanted to really stay and win a world championship. But I wonder if Steve kind of knows something, but he was kind of being funny about it. But I wonder if there really is a guy that's looking to come over here from the GPs. You know, I didn't really lock into that as a, as a, like, something that might be factual. But if anybody would yeah. know, it'd be Steve, I'm sure. Yeah. I kind of overanalyze that one, I think. But oh, yeah. I, the way he was talking, like, just his tone seemed like he kind of knew something. You, you may be right. I guess the time will tell. A uh, couple more things, real quick. Callers, Nick. Uh, you called in. I called in. Uh, there, was, there was a couple callers that were not good. What do you think about. Um, I've asked this before, and I don't think it was with you guys, but. It was with me. Okay, it was with you. So you've already answered yeah. this. Then. But when callers yeah. call in, Nick, that are just too long-winded or not getting to the point or rambling, should Steve just be like, "All right, bye," like Howard Stern does? Uh, you know, I'm done. I'm, I can't deal with this anymore. Or just, hey, man, they're they're fans of the show, and he, he's usually pretty respectful, and just lets them go. Um, it, it's funny. Like this goes back to I think it was last year with. With the with that child that called in yeah, and yes. couldn't couldn't get the words out and and Steve was slandered for the way he treated it and like as a fan of the show like my biggest biggest fear was calling into the show and then like Steve sort of treating me like a dick or talking down to me or or, or thinking like you know what I mean like that was my biggest fear when I ever first called into the show but I I think that Steve is very patient I think he's more so more so patient now than he previously was with uh with some of the callers but at the same time like I'll talk from experience he's always really really respectful to me and and always uh always very good so it's it's one of those, I think it's one of those hard things dark side where is if you if you do that persona of okay bye you, you you're gonna get called out or you're gonna get slandered on social media so I think I think Steve sort of rides that line like perfectly of where he needs to be. Okay, I don't. I don't think Steve cares if he gets slandered online. I mean, obviously we've seen that. No, but, I don't think so either. But there, there was like a listener, and I think it was Monday night that was on YouTube, and I don't remember who it was that called in. And then I just I saw him make a comment, and he was like, 
Like, that didn't go how I expected or whatever. He got hung up on. He was one of the callers that got hung up on. So, so Steve does do that sometimes with people. Sometimes if there's background noise or whatever, that and that makes sense. You guys got to, if you're calling in, you got to be aware of that. Um, you know, whether it be wind noise or whatever. It's just, it sounds terrible on air, so he's not going to put up with it. But there was a, a caller in particular that was, oh, I meant to mention this earlier. Because you have some background noise earlier um, Nick, and it's just, dude, we're calling overseas. I, I meant to talk about that in the beginning of the show, but if you're still here, I guess it doesn't matter. You're still listening. But there was a caller that called in about like wanting to, looking for an outside sales job, and yep. I just felt like that call went on forever. It was going nowhere. I didn't really understand the point of it, and that was a call where I thought Steve was, I just kept waiting for Steve to go, all right, I got to let you go, and he didn't. So I can't really figure out, Justin, where... Steve makes those decisions, you know, sometimes. Yeah. I just don't know. I think it was, I think it was a thing to where the guy owned a dealership. He, he, he invested, he made sure to tell Steve that he was invested in the industry. Yeah. He used to, he used to work in a dealership or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. just kept going. So I think with those guys being in studio, I don't, if JT and JT and Max weren't in studio, I think that conversation was a lot different. Maybe. But I kind of, I kind of liked how JT put his knowledge in and said, Hey, like, networking like because i have a lot of people ask me all the time like how do i get in like that's the reason why i did what i did with my on my media side side because it's one of those things where people take relationships and loyalty and all that for granted and in our in our line of work that goes a long way um because like for me i moved all the way from california to the east coast to get a rep job so it's just one of those things to where jt did a really good job managing that question and i think he gave some insight to maybe somebody who's looking to become a, a rep yeah, I think so too. Um, well, I, I do think that conversation with different Max and, and JT one in the studio. Well, I just I, I get yeah, I get frustrated with some of the callers sometimes, and and I know I look, look, there's listeners that can't stand me or whatever. So I mean, everybody has their opinion, but I feel like the the key, in my opinion, is is have a topic, call in, mm-hmm. ask the topic, or state the topic, depending on what it is, and then you got to be quiet and let the 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 characters the coasts the the stars whatever you want to call them of the show give their points give their thoughts and if you're patient and you shut up for a minute they'll probably come back to you and say hey you know anything else and you could say something else but when you're interrupting or you ask a question but you don't really let them answer or there's tons of noise or you don't really have a point it's just it's not good nick one of the going back to the call is one of the I'm sorry, I had to laugh at it, but obviously there was a, a child in the background with some noise, and and Steve's just like, oh, is there a duck in the background, or is there <laughs> yeah. a geese, or is there a goose?" And JT's just like, "No, that is it's his child." Kid. You can tell Stephen ha- Steve hasn't had much time around children, and like <laughs> I, I kind of got a really good laugh. Yeah, that was so good. That was funny. But anyway, I know nobody really gives a shit what my opinion is on the callers, but I don't know, man. Tighten it up, guys. Tighten it up. Um, no, I agree. I, the caller segment for me is. Uh, 60 40 yeah yeah that's probably uh, ooh, i might go 40 like 60 bad 40 good yeah okay yeah okay fair yeah. enough i'm with you there uh last thing here another contest if you guys want a red fly podium stand that tells you how limited these guys are on product but if you want a red fly podium stand contest at pulpamexo.com uh you know, steve's always giving stuff away Fly's always giving stuff away. It's tight right now, man. There's not a lot of product left, Justin. No, there's not. And uh, 
I actually went and go shop today. I was like, hey, we have podium stands in stock. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. Um, uh, <laughs> you saw but yeah. that red that red fly podium stand is gone now. Sorry guys. Yeah, it's all gone. Sorry guys. Uh, <laughs> Triple yeah. J sold it. <laughs> just swooped it under Steve. Um, oh, but yeah, it's it's the the world we live in right now, and I've I mentioned that as well to to some dealers. I mean, it's an everyday topic, honestly. But I think a lot of people think sometimes that we're just full of shit. And right, right now it's crazy, man. Like you go to Long Beach. And it looks like the 410 freeway. You got boats on boats just waiting to come into port. So please bear with us, guys. We're trying. The 22 launch is coming. I'm really excited for that. There's some really cool products. So yeah. just everybody be patient with us. Thank our you. mesh gear, our mesh gear sold out faster than we've ever expected. That that was supposed to keep our gear for that was supposed to go all the way through January. We sold out in the first week. That's amazing. Well, I appreciate yeah. you sending over the uh, the pictures of the 22 stuff. No worries. Whatever you need, Dark Side. Yeah. I'll be your guy. Thank you. You. Clip, you can clip JT and Max until you need money. Then you go to JT and Max. <laughs> yeah, I need those guys for the for the for the cash inflow. But I want to thank again yeah. all the sponsors of the Pulp Mech Show: Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, Seal Savers, and Motosport.com, as well as all the sponsors of the Pulp Mech Show. Everything Steve Mathis does, visit pulpandmechshow.com. Click on the sponsor deal tabs. Use those links. Use those discount codes. Keep these shows going. You know, we got to have the income coming in. We got to have the sponsors to support them. Uh, again, if you guys have any questions, comments, thoughts, topics for Hello Pookie, I am going to get back to that at some point. Hit me up, darkside at pulpamex.com. Other than that, Nick, anything else you want to touch on before we go? Um, thank you for what you do, Darkside. You're uh, you're killing it at the moment. Like like Steve said, you're. Uh, Life's a little bit upside down at the moment, but you continue to do everything for everyone at Pulp, and uh, I'm sure everyone appreciates you. Well, I appreciate you guys. Justin, anything you want to touch on? Yeah, I do. Do you have your own Pulp email? Uh, yeah, I just darkside at pulpamex.com. Is that what you just said? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, was look, I was looking something up. Uh, so anybody that's still listening. To, How's that phone, yeah, Justin? Anybody, anybody who's listening to the show still, I am going to give Darkside a pair of Zone Pro goggles on my on my on me uh you have to email dark side your favorite segment from tonight's show nice dark side at pulpmx.com for a green pair of fly zone pro goggles no, no it's okay. gonna have to be black we have a lot of blacks so oh, i'm gonna be black it's gonna be a black with dark smoke lens we have a lot of those oh stuff. i like it black with dark smoke for dark side at pulpmx.com exactly I, I dig it all right guys if that's it, man, that is a wrap for episode 468. Uh, we'll be back next week with 469, and we have we have a little bit of a contest going on amongst some of our guests, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you guys want to, Justin, you want to talk about that real quick before we go? I'm kind of hoping this little booster I gave him with the goggles <laughs> is going to kind of help Makes our the win. Yeah. I yep. like it, Justin. There's, there's one American next week and one Australian next week. If you guys say they're better, you're never going to be able to uh, get these goggles. Is that how it goes? <laughs> I'm, just kidding. I'm just kidding. But yeah, there, Dan Colvin from DCMX Tools is coming on next week, and Trent Mauer. Is that you said? Mar. 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 Trent from the Trent Mayor from the Moto Limit oh, Show. You said it Mar- different. Mar- you said Mayor. I swear he said Mar. Yeah, we, it's, dude, that is something that's literally gone in a whole lives. He says it differently to how I say it. Okay. Just because the, 
the way it's spelt. So yeah. I reckon if Justin says it a completely different other way, we have three different ways. All right, so, I said Mauer. I said Mauer. M H A R. Well, just so everybody knows, Trent is Nick's partner on Moto Limited Show. Um, Toolman Dan, we, we're all in a group text together for podcast stuff. And every time I pick any of these guys to be on the wrap-up show, the other guys get all butt hurt. So we've got <laughs> obviously we have Triple J and Nick tonight. Next week we've got Trent and Toolman Dan, and they want to. We want you guys to decide which of the two shows was better because they care for some reason. So after next week's show, maybe we'll get some feedback. But yeah, I mean, Triple J is kind of sweetening the pot with a a pair of Zone Pro goggles. So hit me up. Other than that, that is a wrap for episode 468. Thanks to everybody. We'll be back next week. We're out. Why would you want to re-talk about the Pulp Show?